So this morning we are closing in on the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And as we we hit the new year, we're going to bring our our time in the Sermon on the Mount to a close today. And as we hit the new year, I want us to spend the first couple of weeks in January really camping out on God's call to us as a church family. On our mission and our vision as a church. Really a set piece that I want us to actually dive into each and every January. And then in the middle of January, we're going to actually extend this kingdom theme that we've now been in for almost a half a year. And and we're going to look at how this beautiful life plays out in our life together. As we are invited to live out of the kingdom. As we have this opportunity in front of us to live out this beautiful life. And it really is a countercultural, a revolutionary kind of thing. Especially in our broader culture today, we are are invited by God to, to live out of the kingdom each and every day. We've got this opportunity to put hands and feet to things like reconciliation and unity and generosity and hope. As we live out of our relationship with Jesus... Our life together has so much to say to our, our, our broader culture around us, and that's where we're going to go in a couple of weeks. But for this morning, we need to end our time in the Sermon on the Mount, which really is Christ's blueprint to a beautiful life. And so we need to bring our time in the Sermon on the Mount to a close. We are all faced with choices every single day. Living in a consumerist culture, you and I are used to just wading through, in most every decision that we make, a mountain of options. Some 23 years ago when I was in the Marine Corps, and just saying that makes me feel old, but I was in the Marine Corps 23 years years ago, and I was a Russian linguist. And we had this fairly large detachment of Ukrainian Marines fly into the States and come to North Carolina to cross-train with us. And so as a Russian linguist, I got to hang out with these guys for about two or three weeks. And being like 1995 or so, the Iron Curtain had just fallen a few years prior to that. The internet was just becoming a thing. And so these Ukrainians had an idea that as Americans, we had lots of stuff way more stuff than they had available to them in Eastern Europe, but really had no clue of what that looked like until we, they got here. And so one of the things that we did with these guys is we took them to Walmart. <laughs> and I was with a group of these Ukrainians, and as soon as they stepped foot in the door, they just froze. They had never seen anything like that before. Just aisles and aisles and aisles of stuff. And that went from just stopping dead in their tracks to literally running, sprinting down each aisle. And I don't like to shop. And they were asking me all kinds of questions. Clothes, hey, how is American sizing different from Ukrainian sizing? I've got no idea. Which brand is better? Candy, what's this? It's chocolate. What's this? It's gum. What's this? It's fruity. What's this? It's black licorice. Nobody likes black licorice. Even though somebody's going to come, back, come up to me after the service and say, I like black licorice. 
One of them would grab me and drag me into the shoe aisle. Another would grab me and drag me into sporting goods. And this went on and on and on. And there were so many choices in front of these guys. And they were asking me all of these questions that I got overwhelmed. And then as our time was winding down, I'm pretty sure my advice became, dude, you've got Skittles and you've got M&Ms. One is fruity, one is chocolate. You got to make a decision. What are you going to choose? You and I have spent the last 12 weeks or so in, in the most popular sermon of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount. And in this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus really does lay down the ingredients for a beautiful life. That's why we've called this series, Life with King Jesus, how Christ invites you into a beautiful life of surrender. And as our time in the Sermon on the Mount is winding down, the choice that Jesus puts before you this morning is so much more important than Skittles or M&Ms. I wonder how many of the topics that we have talked about together over these, these last three months has hit on something that you are wrestling with. Here's the list of, of all that we've talked about over these last couple of weeks. The beautiful life and anger. The beautiful life and sexual temptation. The beautiful life and lying. The beautiful life and revenge. The beautiful life and pride. The beautiful life and greed. The beautiful life and anxiety. The beautiful life and judging others. I wonder, and you do not have to answer this for me, but I wonder which one of those or which several of those are a struggle for you. Whatever it is, and and, and it might be more than one area, but whatever it is on that list, just take that thing and, and slip that into your back pocket for now. We'll come back to that in a moment. For me, if I give you one of mine, it's anxiety. I actually had to go back on anxiety meds towards the end of the summer. But that's me. For, for you, no matter what that area or areas of struggle it is for you, in our scripture for today, as we finish the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is going to say, what are you going to choose? The beautiful life or anger right? You, you got to make a choice. Those two things are not the same. It is hard to have a beautiful life when resentment is eating at your guts. The beautiful life or greed, those two things are not the same. What are you going to choose? The beautiful life and anxiety, those two things are not the same. What are you going to choose? And so this morning, as we finish the Sermon on the Mount, it's all about choices. Jesus is going to ask you in these verses that we read together this morning, what are you going to choose? That brings us to Matthew chapter 7. But before we read, let me pray for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can come together as a church family like this. 
that we can come together no matter how we feel this morning. I never want to lose sight of the fact that, we, that when we gather like this, there are some of us sitting here this morning thinking, man, why did I get out of bed and come here? Some of us are excited that we're here. Some of us are just, meh, I'm here. No matter where we're at this morning, it is, it is my prayer, Father, that you would meet each and every one of us exactly there. Because that is the kind of God that you are. The God who came to us, we just celebrated Christmas. The God who still comes to us and invites us to be with you, to orient our lives around you, that we might experience you more and more, that we might experience you in your word this morning. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So we go to Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 13. Jesus is going to give us four snapshots that say pretty much the same thing. We've been using this book as, as a resource for this series. It's the book, The Good and Beautiful Life. And here's what the author, James Bryan Smith, says about this passage that we're about to read. We've arrived at the final section of the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever given to the world by the most brilliant person who ever lived. In his call to live as his apprentices, Jesus uses four illustrations that essentially make the same point. Don't miss this. Arranging your life around Jesus and his teaching is the only way to a good life. So with that context, let's look at these four snapshots that Jesus gives us in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 13. Jesus says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. There's two ways forward from here, a narrow way and a broad way. What are you going to choose? Verse 15, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Verses 16 and 20 tell us that this fruit that we see referenced here is a person's actions. So what kind of fruit, what kind of actions will your life produce? Good fruit or bad fruit, what will you choose? 
Verse 21, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. So a person who knows and obeys God or a person who does not know and obey God, what kind of person will you be? What are you going to choose? Verse 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And so someone who listens and follows or someone who does not listen and follow, again, what kind of person, what kind of builder will you be? What are you going to choose? When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. And so after everything that we have seen in the Sermon on the Mount, after, after Jesus talks through these areas that hit so close to home for us, what are you going to choose? Jesus leaves the Sermon on the Mount by calling for the question, what are you going to do with that thing or, or those things that you are struggling with? What are you going to choose? Are you okay with that thing tightening its grip on your life? Are you okay with that thing slowly choking you out, not only suffocating you, but suffocating those that are are close to you, those that are around you? Or will you choose a kind of life where you are finding freedom from that thing? A life that is becoming ever more beautiful in its freedom. But here's the thing. Let's take my situation as an illustration. The anxiety that that, that I wrestle with. You You don't get rid of anxiety by simply choosing not to be anxious. By telling yourself, okay, something big is coming. I'm not going to be anxious. I am not going to be anxious. If I do that, that actually makes me more anxious. I get anxious about not being anxious. Right? The thing spirals in on itself. I need something more. I need something more beyond good intentions and positive affirmations. If pride is your issue, if you are way too self-centered by focusing on your pride, even to eradicate it, you are still focused on you. If revenge is your struggle to think, man, I'm not going to hit so-and-so when I see them, right? I'm not going to hit them. I'm not even going to look at them. Even if you can, you can get your behavior under control, that, that behavior modification, if you can manage, manage it, doesn't begin to touch your heart, the core of who you are. Even if you can, you can behave yourself around that person that you'd like to hit, you can still very much harbor resentment 
and bitterness that will eat away at your guts. And so the decision is important. But at the same time, choosing the beautiful life is more than choosing to not be anxious or to not be prideful or to to not punch your idiot neighbor. Choosing the beautiful life isn't really even a how, it's a who. The beautiful life is really choosing to orient your whole real life more and more around Jesus. This God who we sang about a few moments ago, this God who is good, this God who is never going to let you down, saying, Jesus, have your way. As you bring that thing, as you bring your anxiety to Jesus, as you bring your pride to Jesus, as you bring your desire to punch your neighbor to Jesus. Okay, Jesus, right, here, here we are. I, I want to punch my neighbor. He makes me so angry. What do I do with that? Jesus, what are you inviting me to see about him in this thing? Jesus, what are you inviting to see about myself in this thing? Jesus, what do you want for me in this thing? How how might I experience more of you in this ugly situation? How might I know your care for me in this ugly situation? And so for me, finding, finding more freedom from my anxiety comes by slowing way down. Literally slowing things down and, and sitting with Jesus in the face of my anxiety. And in that way, that thing that you struggle with, again, for me it's anxiety, my anxiety becomes actually an opportunity for me to experience more of Jesus. Does that make sense? Here's another quote from Smith. The secret to living a vibrant Christian life is abiding in Jesus. There is no other way to wholeness and happiness than to live in utter dependence on Jesus. Jesus says the same thing himself in John chapter 15, and it uses that that same fruit imagery that we saw back in Matthew 7. So what Jesus says in John 15, starting in verse 5, Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Maybe your Bible uses the word abiding here instead of remaining but they mean the same thing. And what these words are getting at is real, active, real-time relationship with Christ. And all of this gets us to this point. The degree to which you experience the beautiful life is tied directly to the degree to which you orient your whole, every aspect of who you are, your actual, not, not, not the Sunday you, not the cleaned up version of you, not the surface version of you, but your actual life towards Jesus. I'll read that again. 
the degree to which you experience the beautiful life is tied directly to the degree to which you orient your whole actual life towards Jesus. Right? I know that I'm using a lot of James Bryan Smith quotes this morning, but I've got one more for me that really sums up the entire Sermon on the Mount, and it's simply this. Apprentices of Jesus, those who are, are more and more learning how to live this beautiful life from Christ. Apprentices of Jesus learn how to be with Jesus in order to become like Jesus. That one's so good, I gotta read that one again as well. Apprentices of Jesus learn how to be with Jesus in order to become like Jesus. And if I put that into a question, and because we're about to step into a new year here in about two days, the question is this, how will you choose to be with Jesus, to orient your life towards Jesus more and more in 2019? That issue that you struggle with, or those issues that you struggle with, that I asked you to put in your back pocket a few moments ago, and invite you to pull that back out. And I do not want to give you a simplistic formula here. Again, I, I'm, I'm giving you a who, not a what. Do you want greater freedom from anger? Will you sit with Jesus in the face of your anger? Find ways to orient your life towards to honestly be with Jesus in your anger. Do you want to find greater freedom from sexual temptation? Will you be honest with, with, with Jesus about that thing? To sit with Jesus in the face of that temptation? To find ways to orient your life towards to honestly be with Jesus in the face of your temptation? Do you want to find greater freedom from judging others? Will you sit with Jesus, find ways to orient your life towards Jesus in the face of that? And so this choice that you are faced with as we come up on the end of the Sermon on the Mount, what are you going to choose? The choice for a beautiful life at its core really is about finding ways to orient your life more and more towards Christ to get next to Jesus, to be with Jesus. And so this is our question for the morning. How will you choose to be with Jesus, to orient your life more and more towards Christ in 2019? And this doesn't mean that if you, if you find ways to be with Jesus, this doesn't mean that things automatically get awesome. Sometimes as we take a step towards Jesus, life only seems to get harder. Life seems to get more difficult, yet, yet should that happen, you still get a beautiful life. And you get a beautiful life because you have taken that step towards Jesus you get a beautiful life because you get more of Jesus. Can you imagine how your life might change if you choose to orient your life more and more towards Christ in 2019? Can you imagine what your life might look like in that area of struggle as that struggle loses its grip 
on your life. Can you imagine how that freedom feels? Can you imagine how that freedom feels to the people that are close to you? To those who are being negatively impacted today by that thing having its grip on you. We all have areas in which we struggle. Areas in which Jesus is inviting us to make a choice. Areas in which Jesus is inviting us to accept his invitation into a beautiful life. An invitation that we start to answer by spending time with him, by orienting our whole real lives towards him. What does it look like if you want freedom from that thing, if you want a more beautiful life, what does that look like for you in 2019? Can you begin to imagine what that looks like? One of the ways that I'm planning to spend time with Jesus over these next couple of days is by sitting with him with a couple of questions. As you think about this new year to come and what you'll choose, I want to leave you with a couple of these same questions. And for me, I'm going to sit with these as I look back into 2018 and I peek ahead into 2019. But here are these questions. What five words describe my spiritual health in 2018? What do I want? What do I want in my relationship with God in 2019? What does God want for me in 2019? And what new ways might I be with Jesus in 2019? Simply taking time with these questions, bringing these questions before God, that is prayer. That is spending time. That is being with Jesus. And so how will you choose to be with Jesus? To orient your life towards Jesus more and more in 2019.